Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Uh, what we try to do in the first part of the show is to explain to you what we're attempting to do and who pays for it. Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Ball of Southwest Idaho. And what we attempt to do is to educate you, the, uh, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated in Idaho, come out of incarceration, and blend back into community. We do that in several different ways. Certainly one of them is this radio show, which Surprisingly, we've been doing for almost six years now. And if you go back to the archives of KBXL or if you go to your favorite podcast and look up Victory Over Sin, you should see all the different historical shows that we put together. We're proud of those shows. We've had people who have just come out of prison that have walked right into the studio and said and shared their thoughts and experiences. We've had all sorts of people, state senators. We've even had a governor on here before uh, in terms of all the people who support people like me, who have been incarcerated, they've all been on the show. So it's a good body of work, if you will, to go back and take a look at and learn about the Department of Corrections here in the state of Idaho. Proud of it, so please check it out. In addition to that, we also do a PowerPoint presentation that we're happy to share with you in terms of your neighborhood, your church, your business, whatever you would like. We will come out, offer this 20-minute PowerPoint, and it'll be led by a returning citizen themselves. They will share the PowerPoint and then answer questions about the Department of Corrections and then kind of blending back into society. So check that out at the end of the show. I'll let you know how to get in touch with me. And if you would like, uh, I can give you more information. If you've been listening to us over the last couple of years, you know that we've grown tremendously in terms of our support for people who are coming out of incarceration. We now have two locations, one at 3217 West Overland Boulevard, in uh, Boise, Idaho, and we've got one inside probation and parole in uh, Caldwell at, uh, I think it's uh, 3110, uh, it's Cleveland Boulevard, and and we are inside probation and parole there. So if you go there and you're looking for some information, you can go to uh, inside probation and parole and ask for St. Vincent de Paul, and somebody will help you there also. Um, Let's see, in terms of, we're going to talk about an event that's coming up uh, today about cookies for corrections, which we're excited about that we've been doing with our guest. But in addition to that, if you're looking for anything else in terms of going on in the community, uh, check out www.svdpid.org, and you'll pretty much click on reentry. You can find all the work we're doing. I also should probably mention if you're listening to us in the desert and you need some support and you need to be picked up uh, and you need to be taken through your first couple of days, and you're living in the uh, District 3, District 4 area, ask your case manager, send me an email, and we'll pick you up and take you out that first day. I think we're going to break a record this month in terms of number of pickups. I think we're going to break 100, which is a big number for us. 
So we're out there every morning picking people up and kind of taking them throughout their day, and we're excited about that. I'm going to get to our guest in just a second, and thank you for listening. Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000, Canada's 104 people per 100,000, and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL one The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank. Okay, this afternoon I'm honored and pleased and to have my friend and good buddy Daryl Taylor from Ten Mile Christian here. Daryl, how are you, sir? Oh, Mark, doing good. Thanks for having me back. I would just enjoy uh, coming in a little early and uh, catching up on the news and then, of course, having the radio program and just uh, uh, be able just to sit down and uh, catch up on all the news and and talk about cookies. Yeah, plus I think before we get started, you've, oh, everybody pretty recognizes your voice and your name because... You were a fixture out in uh, the Department of Corrections, but you've been certainly one of the show sponsors and a good friend of mine for, gosh, going on 13 years. Now, it's probably 15 if you got my incarcerated years. We Boy, we've known each other a long time. Yes, we have. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to Idaho. Well, um, as far as coming to Idaho, I was born and raised here, and except for uh, uh, military service and uh, college, I've been here uh, all of my life. Did a did a little bit of uh, teaching in Rupert, and then uh, I was with the Department of Corrections. The last uh, six years, I was the um, RAC out at the uh, medium unit in uh, in the desert, like you like to call it. I like call it ISCI. <laughs> yes, and then uh, and then after that, I was um, pastoral care minister at uh, Ten Mile Christian Church for about eleven years. And during that time, um, our senior minister, he had, uh, Steve Moore, he had a heart for prison ministry too. And we, uh, we started a uh, mentoring program out at Max and uh, just took off from there. I've done uh, uh, just prison ministry up until about, oh, March the 11th on 2019 when, really? when COVID hit. So been, and after that, it's all over. I well, you know, you just kind of wait and see, and just see what uh, what uh, what the department's going to help us with, so seems, we we can get back in. Yeah, it seems like it's getting better and better. I, we talk to more and more people who are out there, and those of you that don't listen, uh, but during those COVID years, certainly the the prisons shut down. A lot of the guys were locked up for too too long, probably, as COVID hit. But now it's opening back up and. They have all what I used to call VRCs, they call them something different now, in place. And so there are people out there doing that work. And more and more and more, we're hearing about people going out into and, and doing prison ministry. That is fantastic. That's great. And you know, one thing, on when you do your introduction, one thing that I've always enjoyed for you to say um, about guys getting guys and gals getting out, 
and uh, you talk about about them blending into the community, and I love that word. Yep. That's good. It's not, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, well, you'll, you know, if you're with the Department of Corrections, you'll get out, and you'll still have a target on your back. Yeah, that's true. And uh, boy, I like that word blend because, and you guys do a great job. Well, I think it's also too. I'm thinking that you're always aware of, and I. Uh, one of the one of the programs that we have actually is, is now virtual. When somebody comes to Division District Four here in uh, the Boise area, basically, uh, you're asked to link on virtually to the parole office. And on every Thursday, we do a an interview where I'm one of the participants, and we offer one of the resources in terms of as people are trying to make that transition into community. And it seems like um, every week, more and more people have. I'm going to say their act together. They're not going to a transitional house. They're in a home. They've done some work. They've been at a CRC, whatever. And they pretty much don't need some of the services that we provide all the time. But I always try to make that case that, you know, you come out of that situation that you've just experienced. And you almost owe it to the people who are going to follow you out of that situation to be uh, an, an, a voice for change, if you will. Because if you have a heart to do that, we're really in need of doing that because the Department of Corrections certainly has some issues that need to be addressed. And you can do that by uh, being that voice of change and kind of getting involved and telling your story. So you're right. That blending back as community is almost a pitch that I put for everybody. <laughs> and and uh, and you guys, you know, <laughs> it's just not the words that, uh, that you say, but it, uh, you guys are set. I mean, you do employment a food bank, um, housing, clothing. So, uh, it, and it's really complicated for them, I'm sure. But we try not to hit them with all the stuff that uh, it can overwhelm them. But they're hit with a lot of stuff as they get out. The reality kind of sets in. Yeah. And so, what we're attempting to do is help them. But in addition, if everybody seems to have their act, quote unquote, together, <laughs> then I'm still hitting them up for the. Hey, come by the office anyway, and let's let's talk because you might be the one person that helps us change some aspects of the program that'll make it better. I think uh, when I was uh, picking up guys that uh, uh, out, out in the desert desert and bringing them in and he was uh, he was uh, um, he was in a, going to a halfway house in Boise and I was just telling him some of the things that we would be doing for the next couple of days for him. And it just it and I, it just made me smile because he just relaxed and he just gave out a big sigh of relief and he said, "Boy, this is good because I've never had this before." And he'd been in in and out a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Well, you and I both know over time, many many people it seems like who have made that trip back and forth and back and forth, and it takes a while for some guys to figure it out. But it's nice to know, and um, hopefully, it's nice for people to know that we're an option for them as they get out. Yes. Yes, good job. Yeah, and I think also what we'll do, uh, since you're talking to, since we're talking on a Christian radio station, I make no bones about the fact that there are other places you can go and hang out when you get out. There's certainly one place that uh, comes to mind that is a 12-step place where everybody goes and kind of hangs out, uh, and uh, we will take you there. We'll support you there. We work real well with them, but we're after people who want to change their heart, and if you want to change your heart and you're listening to us now out in the desert, then I'm the place to go because we'll help you. We'll see that change that you want to work towards and we'll help you with that. And I will tell you that I can call upon the resources of St. Vincent Paul to 
uh, find the money to take care of what you needed if you're interested in that change of heart because I think Daryl will agree with me. The only way you're going to make it on parole and through addiction is if you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Amen. that's what we're about. Amen. So we really got off track there, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> First time ever. First time ever. Yeah. Let's talk about Cookies for Max and how it started. you want to give your recollection and I'll give mine? Or? Well, um, I think you uh, you came to us and uh, at, from the church, or you came to me and Steve Moore, the senior minister at the time, and said, I think this would be a good idea. And at the time, we uh, we could bake cookies. Mm-hmm. And so we said, that's great. And we did that and had a great reception. And we gave we gave cookies to, to, to administration. We gave cookies to the um, gentlemen incarcerated and the gentlemen and gals working there. We gave cookies to everybody. And then, uh, and then the department, and I don't blame them, the department said, you know, cookies are good, but um, baked cookies, we're just going to have to stop doing that. And, and I remember talking to, uh, uh, to an inmate out there, and I said, and I was, and I was bummed because I said, ah, oh, we, we can't do cookies and, uh, you know, can't bake them anymore. And he said, well, can you bring in store-bought cookies? And I said, I think they'd let us do that. I said, is that okay? And his, and I'll never forget his comment, cookies or cookies? That's it, I'll tell you. Um, <clears throat> one of my jobs, because I was a librarian at Max during those times when you had real, real cookies, uh, was to divide up the cookies and put them in bags. And so the volunteers would come out and then they'd take them from cell to cell. And we had a chaplain at the time that I'm not going to mention, but I should mention, who's a friend of both uh, Daryl and mine who came to me one time with a batch of these cookies. He goes, taste one of these. You're an alcoholic, Mark, right? Is there alcohol in this thing here? And it was like, and, and I, don't, I don't think it did, but it was that was part of the thing that set in motion. What's in these cookies and what could be in these cookies? So from that point forward, it, it changed directions totally and became store-bought cookies only. But I agree with you. It's like, uh, I would I'd say to people, they go, you, I say, you can go to Dollar Tree and get the cookies. In fact, sometimes we really do go to Dollar Tree and get some of the cookies with you give me cash. Uh, but uh, uh, store-bought cookie from Dollar Tree is much better and is exciting on Christmas Day or near Christmas is just as much as anything else. Yes, I like it when we uh, when we go into a uh, into a block at uh, at Max and uh, people are looking out their window. And you see a lot of them see that the cookies are coming, and then they go to warm up their coffee. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Getting it all ready. And then they tend to eat them as quickly as they can. So. Oh, yeah. I've had a number of guys say, you know, I was I had it all set out. I was going to eat these many cookies. I had these many cookies in the bag. I was going to eat these many cookies a day, and I could leave it. I could, I could eat cookies for a week. I said, how'd that work out? He said, not at all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I knew it was uh, always my, I probably tell this story every year, so if you've heard it, I apologize. But when the cookies would come in for that were homemade, and fudge would come in, all sorts of, all that kind of stuff, and we'd have to say, well, you can't take that, so we'll have to keep that here in education here in the library, <laughs> and we'll have to make sure that, that, just, that can't just be, it'd be unfair to send that out, so we'll keep that here. Well, but, and and uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I know there's store-bought fudge that still goes in there. It still does. 
but I won't name any names about it. I, I have been relieved of that duty of dividing those cookies up, which is kind of good. I just get to go around and hand the cookies out now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, the thing is, is uh, when uh, um, I think I've uh, done cookies every year, may, I might have missed one or two years, but uh, it just seems like I'm not sure who, who gets more pleasure out of it, me or them. Yeah, I, I argue that, I mean, it's a great educational tool for us. We're going to, we're, this year, we're actually going to take, we're going to have volunteers in three of the institutions. So if you're listening to me and, and you're at Max or you're at uh, South Boise Women's or if you're at Sicky, you're actually going to see a volunteer this year. And they'll be divided up and put in bags. And then we're going to actually have somebody actually hand the cookies to you and say, Merry Christmas, God bless. So that's a real powerful thing for the person who comes in as a volunteer because what we're trying to do is to experience have them experience what it's like to say, gosh, this looks just like my cousin or this is, these guys are all just normal people. They're coming back into the community. So that is in part why we are uh, doing uh, three institutions this year with volunteers. So we're excited about that. Yeah. I am too, you know, and, and uh, of course I can, I think sometimes <clears throat> my way of thinking is I just have blinders on, but I really appreciate you, Mark, because you didn't just stop at having cookies at Max. You wanted to go to all the other institutions. It's getting, it's getting a little bit out of hand too. I think we're going to. By the way, too, if you're listening to us, we're going to um, to do cookies for six thousand people. It looks like this year, and so if you're at uh, Mountain View or if you're at ISCC or if you're at South Boise, as I said, Max, uh, ISCI, or Sicky, you're going to get cookies this year. Uh, Treasure Valley Community. Center is not going to get cookies because we didn't get to them this year. But it was um, I was on a Zoom call with all the wardens this three weeks ago when we were talking about this, and I heard myself saying, "Well, next year we'll try to get to every institution." So I haven't quite told my boss that yet. But we're so if you're thinking about we're we're thinking about you in Cottonwood and Orofino and Pocatello, so uh, and St. Anthony's for that matter, but. We're going to try to do that next year. So let's see how successful this year is, and next year we'll go that way. Wow. I haven't quite figured out how we're going to get the cookies in a truck up to Orofino or to Cottonwood, but if somebody's listening and they want to help with that, you know, reach out to me and we'll try to make that work. But, how cool. Yeah, but they all said, hey, why can't we do this? But basically the wardens were saying. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're in the panic stages still have uh, we've got, what, a week and a half before I have to have all these cookies in. And I have seen some of them, but I haven't seen others. And I keep hearing, they're, we're raising them, they're here, and, but they're not in my food pantry yet. But uh, that's okay. God will provide. Is there um, uh, out-of-state institutions? Are there any? Oh, no, I can't do that. I can't take no, that on. I Maybe know. you can take that on. No, no. <laughs> no. Or, but is anyone else doing it? I have no idea. I don't know whether they do yeah, that or not. I've never. never uh, I think everybody does something special. I know that I can remember being at um, IS, what's called ISCC now, where you would go to Chow, which is a little bit different. And as you left on Christmas Day, you'd get a can of Coke and a Hershey bar. I always thought that was the greatest thing in the world, man. Sure. A real Coca-Cola, not a generic. Yeah. And a real Hershey bar. And, uh, you know, one of the ones that are big ones. And so I thought, man, that was great right there. But mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Right. So that's, that's the scoop. If you're out there and you're listening to us today, that's what should be happening. So look for that the week of the 18th.
Let's talk a little bit about how we started at Max and uh, where that's going from there in terms of prison ministry. How does how in terms of I, I would tend to see my tendency is to look for old names and faces, and that's changed a lot, hasn't it? It has. It has. Yeah. It seems like um, uh, some uh, most of the administration and the officers I've known they've gone on and retired and moved on, but. And and it's uh, a little sad because um, when I deliver cookies out there, I'll see somebody that that I knew years and years ago. Uh, in inmate or I mean resident or I mean staff. Resident. Yeah. 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 I think we're going to see a couple of them at Max that were there when you and I were there. Right. Yeah. But and I just <coughs> and I tell them that I tell everyone else never give up. Uh, there's help. Just never give up. We'll uh, we'll help you out. Well, I think too. I also say that uh, some of the lessons I learned, uh, the some of the people I learned the most from were people who were in there with life without. So uh, you would be surprised to think that somebody with life without can be an inspiration to somebody like me. But that's really the case. I can think of one gentleman who uh, I always had disagreements with, but in the end, I kind of look back on him and think uh, he really did teach me some stuff, and that was his about his walk and about how he went forward. So uh, God works in many, many different ways. So Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes. So talk about uh, what's going on at 10 Mile Christian. It's changed a little bit since you and I did it, right? You got a different person in charge. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Ted Bertelson is in charge of our prison ministry, and we, uh, we went from um, uh, Celebrate Recovery to Freedom Groups, which uh, has the same purpose. Uh, people that um, have hurts, hang-ups, that, that need help. And Ted is wanting, uh, he's trying to get a uh, a group of people to get out. I think he's uh, trying for ISC, ISCI first and uh, and uh, get, the, get that started for the freedom groups. And then and then just see how, how that works out and then just go from there. Well, it seems like, too, the popul- it's uh, I'm seeing a different sort of person in my office wanting to go back out. So I'm hopeful that, and I understand too from the few staff I do know that are now VRCs, that it's filling up. So there's there's plenty of things going in there. That's fantastic. So we, sh- we should be back to quote unquote normal status soon. I think the issue still remains um, whether there's enough staff to direct people around. That's always been the issue. Right, yes. Because I think they have trouble, IDOC has trouble keeping staff full and going forward. Yes, and and when I was an employee out there, it uh, it was the same way. It hasn't changed. It's just a ongoing thing about people finding a better job or moving on. Or yes, okay. I know at one point. Let me ask a question too. And I think I asked you this off air, but um, you were the last time somebody was executed. You were the pastoral, right? Were you the? Um, uh, let me see. I think someone. I it was. Was it you? Oh no. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. I thought you were the last one. I uh, I was wondering whether you've been approached about the upcoming events now. No, I have not. No. Uh, but but I was. Um, yeah, I was a, a spiritual advisor. Yep. Yes. That was. What was that like? <clears throat> that was hard. I bet. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It made me really think about about um, life and death. And yes, that was that was hard. What was really good? I was working at uh, at uh, the church at the time as pastoral care minister. And uh, and I tell you, the staff really got behind me, and they took a lot of my duties and 
so I could uh, I would go out um, out to Max uh, for at least uh, oh thirty minutes to an hour every day for the last thirty days of his uh, of his yeah. life here on Earth. Yep. Yeah, that was tough. I know because I I know it was getting close to that again. It looks like so. I was just uh, and it's uh, it really affects the whole complex out there. I mean, it's like. Because there'll be people complaining or protesting at the gates, and everything shuts down and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I I know that um, uh, the one that I was uh, involved in, uh, the gentleman that was being executed, uh, the warden at the time um, held his hand yeah. while he was going through. Yeah, that. yeah, I know. Because he was a good Christian. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's retired too. Yeah, so. When you said it affects everyone, you're oh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yep, absolutely. Well, listen, buddy, I appreciate this. Uh, so, if you're uh, out there and listening to us, you still have time. If you need, um, I'm going to give you out of my contact in a minute. Uh, you can come by the radio station, bring cookies by the radio station if you want to, and drop those off. We'll be happy to do that. But uh, we are after cookies for six thousand people, and we don't just give them one cookie; we give them a bag of cookies. So they'll be divided up and put into bags. So They'll get a dozen or a couple dozen, hopefully, of cookies, and everybody out there should receive cookies this year from the efforts of uh, certainly the Christian community in our area and St. Vincent de Paul. It's become something that we're real proud of, and we're trying to do some promotional stuff, and hopefully uh, you'll see it on television, you'll see it on uh, as a uh, issue, and then when you do see it, I hope you think about uh, the work that we do and potentially being involved with that. Anything you want to close? Say with anything on the way? You know, I uh, can't think can't think of anything. I want to thank you for letting me come and uh, talk on the uh, radio, and uh, just encourage everyone to uh, to give because this is a um, a great support for those guys out there. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's getting bigger and bigger, and so you can be a part of it. And if you're interested in uh, say wanting to be one of those volunteers, again, get reach out and, and get in touch with me. That might be a a good way to kind of kick off your work in this area. I'd be happy to work with you on that. Uh, I'll be right back to give you my contact information in just a second. Through Jesus there's victory All the chains that were holding me Kept me locked in captivity Have been broken by grace so free When he poured out his cleansing blood Motivated by his great love Give me faith, I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within Give me strength, I need to start again I've got victory over sin He gives me victory Okay, I always thank Daryl for coming in. Uh, he's uh, I cannot tell you the support he's been for me, and uh, I've been out uh, 15 years, 13 years, and I've probably known him for 16 or 17 because he was a volunteer at Max when I was there, and uh, that's real special. So thank you, Daryl. If you need to get in touch with me, you can do it at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofido. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at Systemic Change of ID. 
or on Instagram at Systemic Change of ID. And you can even call me on the phone if you want to at area code 208-477-1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.